the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week, a jam-packed week of content and information. You will not want to miss the live show. You can call into the beautiful studio here in Elker Village at 312-642-5600. And be sure to check out our sponsors at Tandem HR. They are our Solutions Center. You can give them a call, 630-928-0510, or uh, check out their beautiful new website with lots of great information, tandemhr.com. So I'm thrilled to be joined by my good friend, Dan Blyer. Um, Dan, we are celebrating a birthday, and it is a pleasure to have you on the program. The birthday is not your own. It's a birthday of the beautiful 818 co-working space in Evanston. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, Dan, you have a background in real estate. And uh, a little over a year ago, as I just mentioned, you decided to launch a grand new venture um, to provide a co-working space in Evanston. Let's start with you and what inspired you uh, to uh, turn this into a reality. Sure. Well, first of all, um, it was a interesting model because I had studied it for a while. And what I realized is that um, there was a big need in the Evanston community for people who worked out of their homes or out of coffee shops to provide something that would give them a lot more of a community atmosphere with the ability to work out of a space that would be shared and uh, give them, uh, uh, again, that networking possibility, something that uh, was was much needed. And um, after a year, I have to say, we've been quite successful. Absolutely. So uh, the space uh, is about 5,000 square feet. So what takes place there on the average day? Um, On the average day, we have um, anywhere between 30 to 50 people that either rent the offices or desks by the month or what we call hot desks. So we we allocate or we we leave out a certain number of desks that can be rented by the day. And that gives people the opportunity to uh, experience the co-working space. And what what do I mean by co-working? Well, there's there's a shared lunch area. There's shared spaces to sit and talk to other members. There's a patio in the back. 
so it's a very comfortable and, uh, and, and engaging place in order to get a lot of work done. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've been able to create. Uh, is there any good networking that goes on uh, between the members? You talked about uh, all, sort of that furniture that and, and what goes on on, on the average day. Uh, are, are people networking and finding ways to work with each other? Very much so. Very much so. They, they find commonality. We have a fence. We also um, sponsor a breakfast every Friday, so people sit around and, and exchange ideas. We have mentoring over there where ex-executives come in and talk to some of the members to give them pointers, and uh, uh, it's, it's of no charge. It's obviously just so that we can help other entrepreneurs when they're in their startup phases, and uh, I much appreciated, I can tell you that. That's a lot of activity, all uh, all uh, launching over the course of one year, which is pretty exciting. So let's zoom out for a second and let's talk about co-working in general. There's a lot of these uh, spots that are uh, popping up, and I don't want to name names, but there's a company that, that rhymes with uh, D-Work um, that uh, has been uh, sprouting up all over the world, I believe, why why co-working? Why should a entrepreneur uh, consider um, paying a paying a fee when they could just work at home? You, you, you talked about some of the examples earlier, but why does this model work? I, I think it really has to show them. I think it has to do with um, individuals. Certain people are disciplined enough that they can work out of the home. Other people, and I think myself included, are social social beings. And they're much more productive being around other people, taking the break, talking about things outside of their work, and, and, and gets them more, as I would say, juiced up. And so uh, what, what I found is the people who have been attracted to our space, um, as soon as they walk in, they, they, they do feel that energy. And they, they don't even consider it twice. They just join immediately. So I, I think it's, it's, it's that type of individual who is looking for that social, um, social kind of atmosphere. Absolutely. And um, our listeners know, because I talk about networking so, so often and I talk about uh, coffee, um, that coffee is really important uh, to productivity. So, Dan, I know you, you mentioned about the breakfast on Friday. How's the coffee at 818 Coworking? Um, it, it's very important. We, we chose, um, I, I'll, if I can name it, it's uh, dark matter coffee. We, oh. we're, we're very adamant about um, providing good um, every, every aspect. We, we want to make sure that our snacks are excellent, they're, they're healthy, our coffee is very, very um, top-notch, and our breakfasts are usually catered from local local places have come out instance, so we support local businesses. It, it is a hyper-local uh, co-working space. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Dan Blyer, the founder of 818 uh, Co-working, which is located in Evanston, but important to mention, it is right, literally right off the uh, right off the train, both the CTA and the Metro. So uh, very convenient, uh, perhaps for those that might have a city presence, um, but also wanted to sort of uh, dip their toes into the uh, suburban waters. Um, so lots of uh, lots of opportunities there. So Dan, um, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I'd love to take uh, a moment to uh, to spotlight perhaps uh, any of the members that are uh, that do call eight one eight home. Uh, 
I know you have some really, really interesting entrepreneurs and business owners. Do you mind uh, sharing a, uh, a company name or two uh, so people can understand a bit about the people that are uh, that, that, that call the space home? Sure. I, I can give you uh, one gentleman. He, his company is actually out of Minneapolis. He's somebody who could be working out of his home. His name's Jeff Burke. And what he, he has told his company that he's much more productive in a co-working space. And he's been there uh, since he's joined the company, and he couldn't be happier. Um, there are, I'm trying to think of some others. There's a, another one, uh, Sheldon. Sheldon has broken away from his former company, Crate and Barrel, and he's developing some software. Uh, we have, uh, I'm trying to think of all the other members that have joined, but uh, it's, it's quite interesting because um, the only people that have seemed to have left our, our co-working space are people who uh, pretty much have gone into corporate life. Everybody else who's joined has stayed with us. There's a gentleman, a DJ out of Skokie called Brian Zazuk, and he also walked into the space, fell in love with it, and has, uh, since he's joined us, couldn't say enough good things about our place. Well, I've I've been there for a visit, and I know that there's comfortable furniture, including uh, including folks uh, that like to stand. There's options for uh, for you. There's good coffee, which is uh, important. So, and there's there's great breakfasts and great networking that goes on. So, what could go wrong? Um, you should uh, definitely look into co working for all the entrepreneurs that are out there tuning in. Look into co working as an option, whether it's eight one eight or really anywhere. And Dan Blyer from eight one eight co working appreciate you having you uh, appreciate you joining me on the air how can people learn more about your space and uh, perhaps schedule a tour oh by any means i, I should have mentioned our, our community manager seriously icing on the cake christina Capitan is truly the glue that makes it all worthwhile once you meet her you'll understand why our space is so great our website is uh, www.818coworking.com you can book everything online you don't have to talk to us but we always like to talk to people and it, I, I, you know, if you need conference areas, if you need desks, if you need, um, I think offices are, right now are sold out, but please, by all means, stop by, have a free tour or take a day, have a free day and come on by. And can they have a cup of coffee too? Yes, of course. Okay, fantastic. That, too. <laughs> that's great. Uh, the website, once again, is www.818, that's the numbers, 818 coworking.com. Be sure to check it out. You could schedule a tour online and meet Christina Capitan, as well as perhaps you'll see my very good friend, Dan Blyer, uh, floating through there as well. Lots of great businesses, lots of great opportunities. That's what this show is all about, small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, we're going to squeeze in a quick break. And after, uh, after the break, we're going to talk more small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can always download podcasts on my website, shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. You can get a sneak peek of who will be on future weeks and downloads, download any of the hundreds of shows that have aired over the past five years. Dan Blyer, thanks again for joining me on the air. Thank you for having me, Shalom. You're the best. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be right back and get down to business. Don't touch that dial. Hey, welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We are powered by Tandem HR. They are our solution center, and they are the resources for everything relating to the Affordable Care Act, everything relating to any question that you might have on HR. And HR is really not a topic just for 
uh, big business. It's actually something that small business owners, including those that might be calling 818 Coworking. Um, we just spoke with Dan Blyer, the founder of that company. Um, uh, and everybody needs to take those responsibilities seriously. And that's why I strongly encourage all of our listeners to uh, check out uh, Tandem HR and their beautiful website, tandemhr.com. Uh, we'll talk more about some of the HR tips and resources in uh, just a few minutes, but it's been a while since I've uh, chatted about the book um, that uh, I put out uh, just a little over six months ago, uh, and that is called Get Down to Business. Not hard to remember if you're tuning into this program because it is the name of this program, and this show um, is all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, and so is the book. It's actually the story of... Uh, of this show. It's the story of a lot of things that I've been doing. And uh, in that book, I sprinkle in a lot of the tidbits of information, things that have worked for me. Uh, Not to say that it is the recipe, um, but it is a recipe uh, that entrepreneurs, regardless of age, um, can follow. And uh, I've been very proud uh, to, uh, to to work on many of the things that I've worked on. Um, listeners, regular listeners to this program know that uh, I'm probably serving in the United States Army. Um, in fact, the next uh, bunch of shows uh, will actually not be live. We have uh, pre-recorded shows that will be uh, airing on this air, um, and uh, you'll be hearing that. But there's a number of things that I've been involved in. And in the book, I talk a lot about my passion for community, my passion for volunteerism. And that's something that I wanted to touch on uh, briefly this evening, which, as I mentioned, is my last live show for a little while um, as I go back to my army training. But never fear, in a couple of months, uh, I'll be back and I'll be back for good. And you won't uh, need to listen to any uh, pre-recorded shows because we won't be doing that very much once we're back and in motion once I complete uh, some of my service. So not everybody needs to uh, join the army if they want to serve. Um, that's a pretty, uh, pretty major commitment, uh, for many, obviously I would encourage you to do that. If you are able to If you're the right age, you have the right, um, testing the right education, whatever the case may be. I've gone through officer candidate school, which was a really good option for me. Um, and, uh, perhaps for those of you that might be listening and, uh, shameless plug for that. And I'm happy to spend time, um, talking on the phone or even meeting in person, if that is possible with anybody that might want to consider that as an option or as a, uh, as something to consider. And you could get in touch with me through my website, shalomkline.com to talk about that. But you don't need to join the army if you want to serve the country, if you want to serve your community. In fact, you, it's as simple as volunteering at a local event. It's as simple as getting involved. It's, uh, it always drives me crazy when I hear people, uh, that complain. They like people like to complain a lot about uh, things that they don't find right about uh, their work, um, about their uh, about the organizations, their community. Um, the best way to change those things is not by talking about it; it's by doing something. And often, I uh, talk about this on the program. I talk about this with my friends and family all the time. There's nobody sitting behind a uh, curtain. Uh, like in the Wizard of Oz, uh, orchestrating plans. In fact, it's actually often just people that are trying to do their best, but they could do their best if they got input from other people, if they got more people to step up. And that's the same at work as well. Have you ever thought that often people um, might make decisions based on the information that they have? 
And uh, if they got more information or more feedback, perhaps they'd be able to make better decisions. Uh, you can do that by speaking up and by making an impact uh, just by stepping up and speaking out and uh, offering to get involved. The same holds true at work. The same holds true in community as well. If you're passionate about animals, perhaps you want to volunteer at an animal rescue shelter. That would be a great way for you to step up and give back to community. Uh, and that is often the best way to show leadership. When you show leadership, doors start to open. Doors start to open and suddenly your professional opportunities advance as well. And we talk a lot about professional opportunities on this program. We talk about jobs. We talk about business growth. The best way to network and grow your business organization is often by demonstrating your uh, by demonstrating your leadership potential and doing some networking. We've already said the word networking many times on the air this week alone. And the best way to network is not necessarily by joining a chamber of commerce, although that's certainly a good option. The best way to network is by finding like-minded people, people that care about the same issues, care about the same organizations, care about the same causes that you might care about. And if you step up and you commit yourself to that animal rescue shelter, to that organization within your church, within your Jewish community, whatever the case may be, you care about Israel, you step up on a pro-Israel organization, that's fantastic. Those are things that will you'll meet like-minded people, people that you likely would otherwise never have had the opportunity to meet, and you'll be able to grow yourself as well. And after all, isn't that what it's all about? It's all about growth for you personally, for your business professionally, and it feels good too. It really feels good, and that is so inspiring. So I talk a lot about these things in my book. Again, the book is called Get Down to Business. It's available on Amazon. It's available through my website, shalomkline.com. I don't want to spoil all of the information that I talk about because there's a lot more. It's a big book and lots of stories, my stories, but also lots of tips and advice, including from many of the uh, fantastic guests that I've been fortunate to have on the air over the past five years. I can't believe it. It's been five years uh, since we've been on the air. Um, so I mentioned uh, that we'd talk a little bit about some of the uh, HR uh, tips as well. And something that I've been thinking about, I just saw a tweet actually earlier this week um, about uh, mental health. And I've been considering that a lot. I'm good friends. We had uh, Miriam Ament from No Shame on You on this program uh, several times, I believe, and mental health illness, including addiction, bipolar, uh, depression, generalized anxiety, panic disorder, PTSD, uh, will affect one in five adults this year. If you're an, if you're an employer, that translates to 20% of your staff personally experiencing a mental health crisis throughout the year. So if you manage employee mental health issues in the workplace, it could be a major balancing act. Luckily, the stigma associated with mental health with mental illness is decreasing as more young people enter the workplace. It's easier than ever to support employees struggling with mental health illness. And employers in all industries can use a number of practical tips. The first one would be knowing your legal responsibilities. Yes, there is the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and that prohibits discrimination against mental and psychological disorders, including intellectual disabilities, learning disabilities, and diagnosed mental or emotional illness. So make sure you're uh, protecting yourself and your company. And once an employee makes it known that they require support, it's time to act. 
work with the employee's health practitioner and seek legal counsel before making any decisions, but make sure that that employee has access to whatever appointments that they might need, whatever work environment or schedule that they might need. And keep the conversation going. Over 25% of adults have taken a day off of work due to a mental health illness, but lied to their superiors about the reason they didn't come in. Nearly 60% of adults aren't comfortable telling their employer about a diagnosed mental health illness, while only a fifth believe their employer would be supportive. So those statistics point to an epidemic in today's work culture. So if you want to erase that stigma, where companies and employees alike can thrive, we need to make mental health a priority. This starts with talking about employee mental health in an open and honest manner. So I wanted to share, again, a couple of tips, um, which is about you're really training your management, whether you own a retail store and you have supervisors and managers, make sure that they are aware of mental health and support practices. Take a stand against all types of discrimination in your company, including uh, those that might act against employees struggling with mental health illness and issues make mental health management tools and opportunities available to your staff and there's a lot of great resources that are out there for free those can include break times exercise opportunities and information on mindfulness that doesn't cost you anything and work with an eap an employee assistance program an eap can provide employees with short-term counseling work-life solutions to lower stress levels or additional services that provide clarity and promote healthy change. So take away from all this, make mental health a welcome and safe topic in the workplace. Lead by example and have a zero tolerance policy for discrimination or bullying. Encourage employees to take care of their mental health the same as they would their physical ailments. As an employer, you're not expected to treat or prevent mental illness, but you are responsible for creating a safe environment where employees can feel confident and supported as they manage their mental health. And by remaining committed to making employee mental health a priority in the workplace, you'll be benefiting both your team and business. If you have questions about any of this, check out Tandem HR. They have a variety of resources on this very topic. Give them a call 630-928-0510. And as a listener of Get Down to Business, they'll give you a free consultation. Check out their website as well, tandemhr.com. We're going to uh, break for the headlines and a couple of quick announcements. After that, I'll be joined by Albert Ferguson, uh, who will uh, join me to continue the conversation. Small business jobs and entrepreneurship is what we are all about. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We got on my website, shalomkline.com. And I'm thrilled to be joined by my friend and returning guest, Albert Ferguson. Good evening, Albert. Welcome to the program. Hi there, Shalom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Albert, um, we have had you on in the past, but tonight we are talking about something really, really, really interesting and a really interesting company. And we're talking about medical augmented intelligence. Um, Albert, first, let's talk about the uh, about the company, and I'd love to cover how technology can optimize the learning process. We'll get there in a moment. Tell us a little bit about MAI, Medical Augmented Intelligence. Absolutely. Well, this is a brainchild of uh, founder Sam Jang, and essentially his thought was that he wanted to come up with a more robust and engaging way to teach things that you know our clinicians need in order to serve us better. So we're talking about medical doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, and so he's using virtual reality in order to teach people anatomy and acupuncture. That's fascinating. So um, the company is uh, is based where? Our company is based in Taiwan. Wow. So uh, in yes, fact, that yeah, alone is all over the world. Absolutely. So the 
uh, my understanding is that MAI, again, Medical Augmented Intelligence, uh, has partnerships on both sides of the Atlantic, um, which is helping medical students reach their learning objectives and ultimately provide better service to patients. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of that. How is that happening? Sure. Well, it's very exciting. I mean, what we want to think about is, you know, what does a classroom of the future look like, right? The classroom of the future looks like something where students go, they prepare, and then when they come to class, the teacher or the instructor has an idea of what those students need so he or she can relate to them uh, in a way that's more than just regurgitating. And so what this does is it allows students to engage with material. Instead of looking at a two-dimensional book that explains what a skeleton looks like, they can actually take and rotate different parts of a skeleton. They can add on body systems like the lymphatic system or the circulatory system. Uh, They can add on the nervous system, the muscular system. Right? They can see how things overlap and how they integrate. And then ultimately, you know, it's such a, a process where the teachers actually can help understand where students are lacking in understanding based on testing and feedback and the like, so that when students are with instructors in class, they can spend their time doing what's most valuable, which is interacting, as opposed to simply regurgitating. Absolutely. And uh, in fact, on the website uh, for MAI, uh, there's some fascinating pictures where you see students, as you said, uh, interacting um, in a whole different way, in a way that perhaps has never been imagined in the past. And of course, we'll share that website uh, with our listeners in just a uh, in just a couple of minutes. So, the technology is really optimizing the learning process. In particular, we're talking about medical students. But can that same process, do you believe, Albert, uh, apply uh, to other types of learning as well? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, the concept of of the way things progress uh, is that that every technology should be used for that which it is most useful. Uh, And when you think about an instructor and a human interacting, the teacher, the student, um, it's their interaction that is most valuable. You know, to have a teacher sit and spend, you know, 45 minutes of a 50-minute lecture speaking about something that was read in the book, that's really not as helpful as coming to a lesson, understanding what people need help with, or, you know, putting up a five-minute video that shows in exquisite detail, you know, how different body systems of the body link and then, you know, probing the students and making sure, you know, that they have the necessary understanding to apply what they've learned in the field. Sure. And, and so I believe that is something that, that can apply across all of education. Absolutely. So, Albert, um, who is using uh, this technology? I know the company, as you said, uh, based in Taiwan, but uh, partnerships on both sides of the Atlantic, which is exciting. Um, but Tell me uh, a little bit about sort of the current users and uh, perhaps we could touch on who should be using uh, this uh, technology and the software. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're a little tight-lipped about some of our customers, but I can say it's a huge national government. Uh, We went through a large bidding process and we won. Uh, And so one of their largest universities is using us for a couple of years before we begin a a nationwide rollout because they were particularly uh, interested in what they saw uh, on a national geographic feature on us. Um, Back here in the States, we have some very sort of high-profile clients in the South, uh, also in the the Northeast, working on some on the West Coast as well, and here uh, centrally in Chicago. Um, What's what's really fascinating is the way things tend to be moving is, you know, in addition to being able to set up labs that students can use, we're also working to create videos um, uh, that we can, you know, create animation very easily, very quickly, and very affordably. A lot of people don't really understand that, you know, in order to generate, let's say, a a five-second CGI image, that it's not something that's like a snapshot that's taken, something that could take 160 hours or 1,600 hours, pardon me, uh, of time from 
the various people who are responsible for the lighting and the track and the animation and the comp- you know the comp- compositioning, right? So you know this is something that you know we're getting to students and we're getting to um, these you know various people around you know the world and the various places where we're working, you know, so they have something that's accessible, it's quick, and it's something that's duplicable that they can make sure that it's consistent, you know, throughout their various classes and uh, for you know different student bodies. Absolutely. So uh, the company is called uh, Medical Augmented Intelligence. Um, it's fascinating, uh, the advancement. And uh, Albert, we're going to squeeze in a quick break and we're going to continue the conversation with you uh, right after the break. But I'm curious, um, in the few moments that we have remaining, why has it taken so long uh, for this sort of new approach in learning? It's a very good question. Uh, it's a very old system, the education system. Uh, and I can say that teachers are some of the hardest working individuals. Uh anywhere. Um, and it's always very difficult to change and to adapt. And so it's really a question of saying, what is the single best way to go about this process? And then looking at a process that's somewhat different sure. from, you know, a process as it exists. Well, Albert, we'll so continue, we'll continue that so in just a moment. Got to squeeze in a quick break and we'll continue the conversation with Albert Ferguson in just a moment. Back on Get Down to Business, and once again, I'm chatting with Albert Ferguson. We are chatting about MAI, and for all of you listeners that don't remember, that is Medical Augmented Intelligence. Um, Albert, you were just explaining how there's been a slow uh, adapting process to uh, to a new style in learning. Um, had to cut you off for the break, but uh, let's go back to that. Why has it taken so long for um, for institutions of higher education uh, to adapt to the new technology and, and sort of new approaches in learning. And it can be difficult because, uh, you know, technology has evolved so fast and we're looking at something that's steeped in tradition. Uh, and so it's very difficult when you have a technology, what's going to be the technology that pops up in two years and five years and seven years, uh, which, you know, can sort of unseat whatever the current technology is and then have to cause an entire rewrite and redevelopment. And so I think people are wary of taking a change, but they're not exactly sure where it's going to lead. Um, I can say one thing that's very exciting is that, uh, you know, BodyMap, which is our signature product, you know, where we're working with, you know, anatomy and virtual reality, three dimensions and overlaying body systems, that um, we had the really, really good fortune of, you know, working with a healthcare media group because uh, they want to help us actually create, you know, medical education TV programs using the BodyMap. And so the hope is that when we do that, you know, some of the educational institutions will see some of the value of this. They'll understand that, hey, you know, if we have online programs and we actually don't have students who are in class interacting with instructors on a regular basis, maybe it's time for us to look for something new. So, uh, you know, when it comes to Target and a lot of incredible, you know, fascinating marketers, they know that you know, the best time to look for somebody is when they're entering a life change, right? You're graduating from college, you're just getting married, you're moving to a new town. And in this case, as Schools and institutions look to go online. They look for new solutions. That's when their minds are open. What's the best way to do this? And our hope is we show them, hey, look, this is something that you can do not only online, but you can then integrate it into the classroom, and we're hoping they'll be able to see the benefit uh, is, you know, in both places. Sure, and rarely is there a true win-win, um, but this sounds like a, a win-win, a win for students, a win for patients, because as we talked about right now, uh, mostly we're dealing with uh, medical students and this is actually providing a better sort of better experience, better service to the uh, to the end users and patients. But ultimately, it's uh, it's a win as well for the institution 
uh, of learning as well. So that's exciting. So, Albert, you were just talking a little bit about, uh, I believe it's called a body map. Um, Are there other uh, products? Um, Tell us a little bit about those. We do. Uh, Thank you for asking. So body map is our anatomy product. We also have something called uh, AccuMap, which is an acupuncture product. And then we have something called Digital Twin, which is fascinating. It actually allows you to make a 3D image rendering from a PET scan or an MRI that can be manipulated in the same way you can manipulate our avatar. So we think sometime in the future when everybody has an electronic medical record, uh, that if people have, you know, well scans, that you know that you know a person is on their way to the hospital with a certain type of injury, that their surgeon will be able to look at their body scan and see if there are any you know sort of particular abnormalities, uh, you know relative to their anatomy or anything that's going on with them individually that might preclude certain ways of entry or might in any way affect the surgery. So we find that to be very very exciting. That is certainly very exciting. Lots of uh, lots of new technology uh, being developed. Um, out of Taiwan, but with partnerships uh, all over the world, which is exciting. And this is changing how people learn as well as how people are treated. And that is very, very exciting indeed. So the company is called Medical Augmented Intelligence. Albert Ferguson, um, can you tell us um, what you expect to see um, over the next, uh, let's say, five years? What's, uh, what is the growth of the, of the company look like? Uh, you know, I think it's uh, sky's the limit. I think we're, we're doing very well with some of the, the national projects that we have. As again, as I said, uh, this uh, healthcare media company that has brought us on is also our investor in our current round, which is wonderful. Uh, I think what happens is once we sort of start introducing schools who are interested in developing online programs to what it is we can do, that they'll slowly be able to integrate that into their sort of their brick and mortar institutions uh, in the sense that you know, we'll be able to sort of become fully integrated to curriculums going forward. Uh, that's, uh, that's huge indeed. So, Albert, um, we're quickly running out of time, and I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can learn more about this exciting technology, exciting, or frankly, revolution in the, uh, in the world of, uh, of learning, and uh, as the company name is, uh, Medical Augmented Intelligence. Albert, where can people learn more? They can find us at mai.ai online. That's mai.ai. And if somebody wants to uh, sort of schedule a, uh, a, a demo and a, uh, and a trial through this process, are they able to, uh, to schedule that through the website as well? Yes, they can go onto the website and they can contact our team and we'll you know, send out a representative to make sure we can uh, schedule a follow-up meeting. Well, it's exciting. Uh, Albert, this is the program all about uh, business, jobs, entrepreneurship, and this is exciting um, for really all three of those categories. So congratulations on all of your success thus far, and we'll certainly look forward to following the progress here and get down to business. Thanks for joining me this evening. Thank you much. Absolutely. Always a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Well, that was Albert Ferguson from Medical Augmented Intelligence. You can find out um, more online, mai.ai. Um, and uh, really fascinating information uh, regarding their three products, BodyMap, AccuMap, and DigiTwin, um, that will revolutionize. Um, so coming up after the break, I'm going to be chatting some more uh, about tips, advice, information for all of you business owners out there. We, uh, we shared uh, a couple of weeks ago that there were only 77 working days until the end of the year. That's pretty staggering, and, uh, and those days are rapidly dwindling as time goes on. Um, so now is the time to make sure that you are being as productive as possible uh, in your company. Uh, and we're going to share some tips, advice, and information 
that you could put to use as you uh, work through. Now we're in the 60s. There's only 60-something days left before the end of the 2019 business year. Uh, It's rapidly approaching. Uh, I always share lots of advice on my website and social media. You can find all of that on my website, shalomkline.com. You don't want to miss the tips. End of the program is coming up in just a few minutes. So I mentioned a moment ago that uh, the time of uh, the 2019 business year is uh, rapidly coming to an end. And whether we admit it or not, we've all dropped the ball when it comes to following up with some of the folks that we may have prospected earlier on in the year. Even when we use a customer relationship management system or a CRM system for short, and I talk a lot about that, on why that's important, it's still possible to click past a reminder telling ourselves, we'll get back to it tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So what's the best way to handle some of those forgotten um, tasks, responsibilities, or even calls. Here's a few things to consider. Time moves quickly for all of us. If you discover that you're a week late following up with somebody, know that they were on the ver- knowing that they were on the verge of signing contract with you, or face a serious problem that only your solution could solve. As, as if this was the case, it's unlikely. It's unlikely you would have forgotten about that. Chances are they didn't notice at all. One of the things I hear most often when I'm diligently following up with people is, "Didn't we just talk a few days ago?" Or I thought you were going to call me next week. Or I need more time to review that. So there's always a short gap between the when you said you'd follow up and when you're following up. Best advice of all is don't mention it at all. If the gap is longer than a week or two, start your follow-up conversation with an apology. You don't have to and really shouldn't get into any of the reasons why you've been delayed. The prospect, the customer doesn't need to know, but they do need to know that you are aware of the error and able to apologize. For me, the conversation would start something like this. Hi, Linda. It's Shalom. I'm so sorry. I meant to follow up with you last month. And I allowed it to slip past me. What are your thoughts or questions on that proposal I sent you? And no gap is too long. Seriously, I know this sounds a bit bizarre, but I've actually followed up on prospects. Somehow got buried in a system for two years. You know what? I made a sale. What did I say? Well, I can't remember exactly. It was years ago. But the call likely went something like this. Hi, Linda. It's Shalom calling. It's been ages since we last spoke. And I apologize for not providing better follow-up. What are, the, some, what are some of the challenges you and your sales team are facing today? Remember that all of us, and I do mean all of us, have at some point forgotten to do something for a prospect or client. The majority of people are empathetic when this happens, as long as it happens only once, maybe twice. So if you're staring at a lead that at one time you thought would have been a fabulous client, but you haven't called them because you should have called them last month or last year, put aside your trepidation and pick up that phone and... That's really important. Follow-up is key. If you want to finish up this uh, this year, 2019, and turn it into a success, you've got to take things into your own hands. And you can't be scared of your own shadow and think that maybe you didn't follow up and you're just going to drop that one because maybe it's uh, you just need to write it off. No reason to write anything off. You can always move things forward, and you still have enough time this year. As I said, it's 60-something days remaining, 60-something business days remaining. Um, before the end of 2019, that's factoring all the holidays, all the weekends, and so on. It's still plenty of time to follow up with people, even open up some new doors that you can actually turn into customers and actually turn into um, growth for your business. By the way, that's not to say that you can neglect your current customers. Um, we talk a lot about customer service. And at the end of the year is a good time to start to show appreciation, show your clients and your customers that you care, whether that means sending out cards or even gifts, or showing up at their office unannounced and saying, hey, I was in the area, 
that's always a good fib to say you're in the area, even if you made a special trip out in that direction, just to say thank you. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure working with you. I'm looking forward to a successful next year. Bottom line, people don't like to make change, but people also want to be appreciated. By the way, appreciation, we talked about uh, new customers, we talked about existing customers. Appreciation also extends to your employees. Make sure you are, as the year is uh, wrapping up, doesn't need to be in December and throwing a holiday party. Make sure you're constantly saying thank you to the people that you work with or that work for you. Make sure you're showing appreciation all year round and you're saying I acknowledge the hard work that you're putting in. Uh, we talked about mental health earlier, and that means that uh, one of the best ways to help around mental health is to show um, and provide a good work-life balance and provide good work uh, environment. Um, we talk about our sponsors, TandemHR.com. Make sure you check out their website. They've got a lot more advice on the topic. So as I mentioned, it's going to be a little while until our next live show. You can get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. encourage you to get in touch with me uh, through there. Uh, check out my book, To Success, Let's Get Down to Business. Thanks for tuning in. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.